This episode of the NPTE Clinical Files is brought to you by the NPTE Test Strategy Playbook. Hey PTs, is your PEAT score less than 75%? And if it is, when you review your practice exams, do you find several questions that you had the knowledge to, but you still got the question wrong? Listen, you're not alone and you might have a test-taking strategy problem. You need to visit DestroyTheNPTE.com to find out how you can stop getting questions wrong about the topics that you know. Visit DestroyTheNPTE.com. You are now tuning in to the NPTE Clinical Files, two mock NPTE-based questions told and solved week by week. Thank you for tuning in to the NPT Clinical Files. My name is Kyle Rice, the NPT Prep Coach, the founder of the PT Hustle, and the creator of the NPT Prep Success Coaching Program. And this week's NPT Clinical File is about our patient named Hattie. And Hattie presents for a physical screening prior to trying out for gymnastics. While performing trunk flexion and standing, the child is found to have thoracic spinous processes that are deviated to the left and a significant rib hump on the right. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the observed abnormality? So we have A, right thoracic scoliosis, B, Sherman's kyphosis, C, ankylosing spondylitis, and D, left thoracic scoliosis. All right, so when we start this question, we have Hattie. She presents for a physical screening prior to trying out for gymnastics. Now, this first sentence doesn't really tell us a lot, but it does set the stage because we have a female. She's presenting for this physical screening, all right, prior to gymnastics. Obviously, why we do that is to prevent the patient from having or at least reduce the risk of the patient having an injury in the future. Now, the next sentence says that while performing trunk flexion and standing, the child is found to have thoracic spinous processes that are deviated to the left and a significant rib hump on the right. Now, let me stop for a moment. Does that mean anything to you? Do you know of a specific type of assessment or screening that we're doing when we're having the patient doing trunk flexion and standing and assessing their spinous processes? So that right there is telling me that well, we're screening the patient for scoliosis. That's one of the common assessments that we do during a physical screening for something like gymnastics, all right? And so the fact that we have thoracic spinous processes that are deviated to the left with a significant rib hump on the right, you know, that is outlining the specific type of scoliosis. Now, the last part of this question, also known as the question stem, it says, which of the following is the most likely cause of the observed abnormality? Again, we have A, right thoracic scoliosis, B, Sherman's kyphosis, C, is ankylosing spondylitis, and D, is left thoracic scoliosis. All right, now, before we get down and start dissecting these answer choices, we need to know what the scoliosis is. Like, what is scoliosis? And so that's going to be the abnormal lateral curvature of the spine. And we name it right versus left. And in this situation, we would be naming it a right thoracic scoliosis or a left thoracic scoliosis. Now, before we determine what we're really looking at, what side it is and all that good stuff, I want to give you my thoracic convexity rule of threes. All right. So if you're driving right now, if you're doing something, you might want to stop because I need you to write this down. This is going to be really important for your MPTE. All right. It's called the thoracic convexity rule of threes. And so number one is that we always name the scoliosis by the side of the convexity. 
So if the convexity is on the right, we call that a right thoracic scoliosis. Great. So that's the number one rule. Let me repeat it again. We always name the scoliosis by the side of the convexity. Whatever side the convexity is on, that's what we name it. So if it's a right thoracic scoliosis, that means that the convexity is on the right. All right, number two is, well, the side of the convexity is going to be the side that the vertebra are rotated towards, okay? So if we have a right thoracic scoliosis, that means that our vertebra are going to be rotated to the right. Again, that's number two. If the side of the convexity is going to be the side that the vertebra are rotated towards. And number three, here we go. This is a big one. The side of the convexity is going to be the side where the rib hump is found, right? Again, I'll repeat that. The side of the convexity is going to be the side that the rib hump is found. And so right now, A says right thoracic scoliosis. That means that my convexity is on the right. That means that my vertebra are rotated to the right. That also means that my rib hump is on the right. Now, does that not fit with the clinical presentation that's given in the question? I mean, let me read it again. It says, while performing trunk flexion and standing, the child is found to have thoracic spinous processes that are deviated to the left and a significant rib hump on the right. Ah, it sounds like a right thoracic scoliosis to me. And those of you who may be getting a little bit confused by the fact that the thoracic spinous processes are deviated to the left, well, think about it. You might even need to take a uh, spine model and move it. And you'll see that if the thoracic spine rotates to the right, the spinous processes are actually going to deviate to the left. They're going to go back the opposite direction. So what am I telling you right now? That this clinical presentation and this question is consistent with the right thoracic scoliosis. I like A as the answer, but we can't stop there. We have to look at our other answers and make sure that they're not more likely or the most likely cause of the observed abnormality. Let's look at B. B says Sherman's kyphosis. Now here's the first deal. I will say the Sherman's kyphosis is not just a genetic condition. It's also found mostly in males. All right. And so already that doesn't fit with our patient. She, she's a female trying out for gymnastics. Sherman's kyphosis isn't as likely. All right. But not only that, Sherman's kyphosis has this sharp angulation we also call it wedging, where the anterior part of your vertebra is actually smaller from superior to inferior. And the posterior part of your vertebra is actually going to be increased from superior to inferior. What am I really saying? That the person has this very sharp kyphotic angulation of the spine. And you might want to look up a visual, a picture to actually see this, but they have that sharp kyphotic angulation and no presence of a rib hump. It's not like a unilateral problem. It's bilateral. I mean, it's going straight up the spine. You will see that there's that kyphotic posture. There's no rotation that happens, anything like that. And so B just does not fit with our clinical picture right now. Again, it's more male dominated and we have a female here. So not very likely. Let's rule out B and let's go to C. C says ankylosing spondylitis. Hmm, very interesting because ankylosing spondylitis is another condition that's more male dominated. It typically happens in the SI joints and then my migrates to the thoracic spine, creating a fusion of the vertebra. These patients come in with that kyphotic posture, but again, they don't have significant rotation to one direction or another. They don't have that characteristic rib hump that is consistent with a patient with scoliosis. All right, ankylosing spondylitis does not fit 
the clinical picture that we see before us. Again, more male-dominated, does have that kyphotic posture, but doesn't have the significant rib pump or thoracic spinous processes that are deviated to one side, doesn't have anything like that. So we can rule out B. We can rule out C. Let's look at D. D says left thoracic scoliosis. This is an opportunity for you to utilize your thoracic convexity rule of threes. We said that if the convexity is on the left, that means that that's how we name it. So a left thoracic scoliosis means the convexity is on the left. It also means that the rib hump would have to be on the left. It also means that the rotation of the vertebra will be towards the left. Now, is that what we're seeing in this clinical presentation? Is that what we're seeing in this question? No, it says that there's a significant rib hump on the right. And therefore, that's opposite of D. We can eliminate D. That's not true. Leaving our final answer of A. Those of you who got this question correct, congratulations. Those of you who are frustrated with continuously getting these types of questions wrong, maybe you pick D. Maybe you pick B. What I want to tell you is that you need a test-taking strategy that's going to take you to the next level. Too often are you getting down to the final two answers and you're selecting the wrong one. Reason being is you do not have a cohesive strategy that guides you down to the specific answer. I kid you not, on your MPTE, there are strategies that you can use to get down to that right answer every single time. I want to teach you how to do that with my test-taking strategy program, something that you've never seen before, something that you've never done before. Visit me at destroythempte.com right now, and I'm going to help you to learn how to dominate questions just like this. My name is Kyle Rice, MPT Prep Coach, and as always, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you on the next one. This episode of the MPT Clinical Files is brought to you by the NPTE Test Strategy Playbook. If you are constantly getting down to the final two answers but always seem to select the wrong one, visit DestroyTheMPTE.com to learn how to get down to the final answer fast.